0: You know, the the Almighty God. We were gonna talk about the Almighty God. And 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 I'm I I know God will do great things in the name of Jesus. But let me finish this. Psalm 72. Psalm 72, verse 7 to 9. We're gonna pray some things tonight because you must flourish. Tell your neighbor I must flourish. Now say to yourself I will flourish. I will flourish. I will flourish. <laughs> and and I need to just give you some points. I will give you a lot of scriptures. I might not read all of them, but 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 you know you you can you can read for yourself. Psalm 72 verse 7 to 9. The Bible says in his days shall the righteous flourish. So this is a psalm where David makes begins to make a prayer at the beginning of it. And as he's making a prayer, he says, Oh, Lord, remember the king and bless the king and establish the king. And, and he comes to this point where he says, where he says in, verse, in this verse 7, in his days, he's talking about the king, in his days shall righteousness, uh, in his days, and, and he's, he's talking about himself and his son and he's blessing himself. But you could also look at this psalm and see the prophetic message that David was declaring as it concerns Jesus. But I will not talk about that part today. I just want to talk about how David was praying for himself and for his son. And he says, in his days shall the righteous flourish. I told you already, Psalm 92 says the righteous shall flourish like a what? Like a palm tree and shall grow like a cedar of what? Of Lebanon. And so he says in in this place, in his days shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endures. And I've told you from Joel chapter 2 that God says, and I shall restore unto you the years. I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. And I've told you that it's about years that were eaten past, but also years ahead of you. And he says here that God may the righteous flourish and there be abundance of peace so long as the moon endures. It's not only for today, but it's for the endurance of the moon. And as long as God exists, as long as God has set tomorrow in place, Lord, may there be an abundance of peace for your king. May the righteous flourish. Hallelujah. And he goes on and says in verse 8, And he shall have dominion also from sea to sea. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea. And and, and he shall. he's talking about... And when you talk about dominion, you're talking about a territory. You're talking about a place. You're talking about a dwelling. You're talking about something that you say, this is my, my place. And, and he's saying, may the king, may he have dominion in the place where he dwells from sea to sea. And, and he's saying, God, wherever the sea is, from that place. To the next sea, may he have dominion. From the one border to the next border, may he have dominion. From the one place where it starts uh, to the place where it will end, may he have dominion. From the place where you are to the place where you will go, may you have dominion. May the righteous will flourish. He will know an abundance of peace. And God, may ye have dominion. May you have dominion to the end of the end. And, and, and he, he goes on and says, and from the river unto the ends of the earth. Wherever the earth will end. And so I hear God saying to somebody, wherever you shall put your foot, wherever your feet shall tread, wherever you shall place, I will give you that place. I will give it to you. Wherever you will tread your feet, wherever you will put your foot, I will give it to you. Why? Because God is going to cause us to have dominion from the beginning of the river to the end of the earth. And so that was, that was, That was the prayer that David was making. And we're going to pray a prayer like that tonight. That they dwell in the wilderness, that they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him and his enemies shall lick the dust. You see, this is dominion. Your enemies shall lick the dust. They that dwell in the wilderness waiting in wait for you. You see, this is how you need to understand it. You see, you you need to understand when they traveled, they often traveled in a place which was wilderness places where, so if you're going to go from here to Anhem, for example, you have to pass through the forest. And many of those places is just dark because they are saying we can't put on the lights here. We want the nature to remain natural. And so it's just dark through there. If you were to go to Anhem via the Wagengen Hoog, then you will understand what it is, where there's just nobody. The only light you see is far away. And so while you are passing through there, it is a perfect place if anybody wanted to lay in wait to hijack you those that come from Africa in the corners where people are hijacked you understand what I'm talking about they don't hijack you where there is full light they don't hijack you where there are lots of people they will hijack you where there is nobody watching but the Bible here says God in the wilderness the enemies shall lick the dust <laughs> ah, you people don't hear what I'm talking about you see there is a wilderness place that we go through There is a season which looks like a wilderness. But God says, I will make a way in the wilderness. I will make a way where there is no way. I will cause rivers to flow in the dry place. Geez, God who is going to make a way for you. But you must be somebody who understands that I must flourish as a child of God. And I want to give you just some few things. Where must you, What areas of your life must you flourish? See, the Bible says the righteous shall flourish so what areas must you flourish i know i've talked a lot about flourishing but i just want to give you these areas quickly and, and number one is you must flourish in the place of soul winning of winning people for christ it's not by accident that we are praying over all these 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 evangelistic programs. The Euro European Convention is going to be a powerful conference, and I've determined in my heart. See, I've, I've I've got there are so many challenges around the Eurocon because I'm in the organizing committee. So I see a lot of challenges. You know, sometimes when you are sitting in the church, you don't get to see a lot of things. Sometimes it feels very nice just to sit in the church and come and get blessed. But when you are having to run around and put things together and talk to this one and look for money there and pay this one and negotiate with this one sometimes you think ah, is this ever going to work out but I know I've purposed in my heart that irregardless of the challenges I'm going to get blessed yeah. and, and, and I know sometimes I have to go into tough meetings with people but I, it, it doesn't matter I've purposed in my heart I'm going to get blessed whether well, it's going to cost me a bus to bring people from here to, 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 to Amsterdam I'm going to get blessed because I'm going to flourish the righteous must flourish. And one of the things that must happen is that one must win souls. And souls must be won. Now that's my motivation. You know why I'm going to do all the hard work that I'm going to put in for Eurocon? Because I want to see a soul come to the Lord. If I'm going to just see one person come to the Lord, it will be enough for me. But if nobody's repenting, I'll see it as a failure. So I'm going to make sure. I put my feet, I put my money, I put my time into it just to see a soul come to the Lord. Amen. I don't know what your motivations are. I don't know what others will be motivated to be in the choir so that they can be seen wearing some nice clothes on the day. I don't know. That's there. My motivation is God, a soul must be one. I want to see somebody who's been born and bred in the Netherlands turn to the Lord so that the Netherlands may be saved. Do you hear what I'm saying, people? We must be people that have a heart for souls. We must be a people that have a heart to see somebody turn to the Lord with a passion to say, God, can somebody be born again? What can I do to see somebody come to the Lord? What can I do to win a soul? Jesus gives us an instruction in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to eight, He says, and he says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believes and is, and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned in these signs. So there must be be flourishing in people coming to the Lord. He says, go and bear fruit. John chapter 15, verse 8. He says, my father will be glorified if we bear much fruit. And one of the fruit that we must bear is souls. People coming to the Lord. We must create the platform. We must win the people. We must bring them to a place where they will come to the Lord. May you be fruitful in that area. May you flourish in Jesus' name. As a Christian, you must flourish in your soul winning. You must flourish in bringing people to the gospel. In showing people the light. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So you must shine. And you must tell people about your faith. Tell people about the God you serve. You must bring them to Jesus. Help them come to the Lord. We must flourish in soul winning. Number two, we must flourish in the ministries that God has given us. We must flourish in the callings that God has put upon our lives. You know, we all have a purpose. We, we all have something that God wants us to do. And our duty is to find it. Is to find it. God, what must I do? And you know what? God will always answer. I know he answered me. And he can answer you too. And I've seen him answering other people. And so he can answer you too. If you don't know what your calling is, if you don't know what God wants you to do, ask him and wait upon him. If he doesn't answer today, it's okay. Ask him again tomorrow. Until he answered, ask him. Habakkuk says, I will stand upon my place and pray and watch and wait to hear what God will say. And then when God came down, he says to him, Habakkuk, write this vision down. And God told him the vision. And he rose up and began to run with the vision. See, if you don't know, God will tell you. But you must come to find out what is the ministry, what is the calling, what is the desire upon the heart of God for my life. And when you find it, do it. Amen. Amen. When you find it, you must do it. And the callings of our lives... Are about serving God, and sometimes we serve God through our jobs that we do outside, and we serve God through the people we get married to and are married to, and the children we raise, and we serve God by being in church and doing something in church, and we serve God by helping out in the community or becoming the mayor of Wageningen And somebody can become the mayor of Wageningen I might, you know, I was walking in the media market the other day, and somebody looks at me and says, "You know, I don't know what this guy saw. You know, he's just just walking and looking around." I was I was trying to buy time because I wanted to. Go go and see pastor, and so I was, I was walking in the media market, just waiting for, 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 for pastor to call and say, now you can come, I, I'm, I've arrived, and I'm just walking in this shop, and this guy in the media market says to his colleagues, they were sitting, standing, five of them, just says, look at that guy walking like a president in our shop. And I was just, what, what is it that he's seeing? So you know what, when somebody says that, first it's a bit of a surprise. What is it that he's seeing? And then you think, well, let me continue walking like I'm doing. And then he comes up to me and says, listen, man, listen, man, listen, man. You know, you can make dreams come true. I'm not dreaming about being a president, but, you know, suddenly you could start dreaming about, about it. Why? Because there is a calling that God has called us to, and we must find that calling. And when we find that calling, we must do it. We must do it. We must rise up to meet our dreams and, our, and the horizon to which God has called us to. You were not put on this earth just to be sitting in the benches and sitting in the pews. You were not put in this world just to be running around and driving some nice Porsche car. No, you were called for a purpose. So whether you drive, you ride, you walk, you run, you fly, whatever you do, do it for purpose and find that purpose and do it. You must flourish in the area of your purpose, your calling, your ministry. Paul talks to Timothy and says to Timothy, make your election, make your calling sure. Amen. Make your calling sure. He was speaking to him. And in in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5, he says, watch Thou o in all things endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of your ministry. Make full proof of your ministry. And in verse, in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, he encourages him again. And in verse 15, he says, You know, in all these things, make sure you are profiting. Make let your profiting appear all. Because if you're profiting, you're flourishing is evident to all. You will win many also to the Lord. And that's why you must flourish in the area of your purpose. Because when people see you're living a life of purpose, they will desire to be like you. They will desire to be like what you are. Number three, you must flourish in the place of your family. We must flourish in the family. God has put you or has positioned you in your family for a reason. And you must flourish. And as you flourish, your family will be blessed. If your family has not known success, you should be the one who brings success in. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? If your family has not been progressing, you must be the one who progresses. I once met the father-in-law of my friend's wife. And he says, the whole generation of my family, they all go mad. But my wife and my children, we have put a stop to it. Why? Because I'm a believer. And he even pointed, you see, the uncle that I'm looking after there, the aunt that I'm looking after there, they are all going mad because they have not come to the Lord. But me and my family, we have become a blessing. So I've stopped the curse in my children. But not only that, I'm also helping my family to be able to deal with the curse that is upon us. And I was sitting there listening, and I said, Wow, this is the reason why we must flourish in our lives. As a child of God, you must flourish. Turn your neighbor, I must flourish for the family. It might be tough in your home right now, but tell yourself, I'm going to flourish. I'm going, I'm going to make it. It might not be easy but I'm going to flourish. I'm going to flourish why? Because God says this is the place where I must flourish. And God has spoken and declared that let the righteous flourish and let them know the abundance of peace as long as the moon endures. I was even wondering why did he talk about the moon and not the sun? <laughs> I will leave that for another day. When God shall tell me. But, but, but you need to flourish for the family. You bring the peace that is not there. You bring the hope that is not there. You bring the life that is not there. You bring the joy that is not there. You bring the newness that is not there. You bring the progress that is not there. Be- if everybody has been living in one room, you are the one who is going to live in three If everybody has never seen what a degree looks like, you'll be the first to show them a degree. You'll be the first to say, yes, I now have a PhD. Everybody, you can come along. You hear what I'm saying, people? You can flourish. If the children don't know what to do, you show them what to do. Because you're flourishing. It's an area we must flourish. And in the place where we are, we must show that we are strong in the family. And so God calls us to flourish in our families. And, 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 and God calls us to, to flourish in the place where we have been planted. We are all planted in homes, and I know that our homes are very different. You know, and even the homes that you emulate, if you were to go into that home, you would be surprised with the things you see. <laughs> I come from a family where, 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 where my, my parents... Are educated. But because of that education, everybody wants to lead. <laughs> you see, nobody wants to follow. Everybody wants to show that they know. And one says, I'm a director of this, another says, but I'm a professor. Another one says, I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a master's, and this says, ah, I have two PhDs. So everybody wants to lead. And because of that, it can be chaotic. And then you are watching and saying, but all these educated people fighting over something. Everybody wants to show off. Now my son goes to university X, Y, Z, and the other puts the badge of their son. Mine is going also to university. And you wonder, what's wrong with you people? So I was talking to my mother one day, and she says, sometimes you've got to come down. And you've got to be the voice in the family that shows reason. And then I laughed because sometimes I but mom, you are also sometimes stubborn as the rest of them. <laughs> Says, yes, because I am the oldest. So it's, it's difficult to just manage. So who do you manage? Do you manage the young one or the old one? Which, which one? And, and you understand what I'm saying, people? But I know there are some people who look at the family and say, "Ha, huh? what a beautiful family. When, they come, when we come for Christmas, everybody is coming with all kinds of cars. It's like a show off. They are. How we wish we could be in that family. You don't know the chaos that is in that family. (laughs) So wherever family you are planted in, eat your food in that family and be joyful and flourish within it in the name of Jesus. And if you must lift them up, lift them up in the place where you are planted in the name of Jesus. It's not about the other family. It's about where I am planted. It's about where I've been put by the Lord. Paul writes to Timothy and says to Timothy, if a man or if anyone does not provide for his own household, he's worse than an infidel. You know, if he had in some of the lighter versions say worse than an unbeliever. I mean, I think the King James got it right. An infidel. He's a rebellion. Rebellious person. That's an infidel. He deserves to be put in prison. That's what it means. But God has called us as his children to flourish and make a difference. And we'll make a difference in our families in the name of Jesus. Number number four, in relationships. We must flourish in relationships. Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, he says, As far as it is in your hands, as far as it is possible, live in peace with all men. Don't be the one who steers the trouble. Be the one that causes the calm. You hear what I'm saying, church? We must flourish in the place of our relationships because it is in those relationships that we'll be able to shine the light of God and draw men to Jesus. But if we are the enemy of everyone, if we are the troublemaker, if we are the one who's poking everyone in the eye, I've seen some Christians. Just because you are the only Christian in the school does not mean you should be the worst behaved of all. And then you say, ah, they are persecuting me. <laughs> they don't understand. Do you understand that you are supposed to be the light? Yes, persecution will come, but you must remain the light. Yes, they will laugh at you, but you must remain the light. You see, when I was, when I was growing up, when, we became, when I also became a brother. So I became a brother. Before I became a brother, I was just, I was just a young fellow. Cool. We walked with a bounce in the step. Then I became a brother. And you know what? When we were being called brothers, it was a mockery. They were not calling us brothers because it was glorious. They called us brother because they were laughing at us. So on the say, oh, you see now the brother. So you know, know, when you were coming, you suddenly had to change your step before I got to know that, you know, I don't need to change my bounds so that I can fit in with the rest of the crowd. I got to understand that as much as they mock me, I can walk up, look up and walk and say, yes, oh, here's the brother coming. And before you know it, many of the people began to take the term brother out of the mockery and the trouble it was supposed to bring and began to turn it around to say, yes, we are the beloved of the Lord, the Jedi of God, the brethren of Jesus Christ. And before you know it, everybody wanted to be a brother. (laughs) Even those that were laughing at us, they ended up as brothers. Why? Because we turned something that was supposed to have been a ridicule, a laughingstock, into something we were proud of. Yes, we are born again, Holy Spirit filled. I was not yet tongue-talking at that time, but you know, I was born again. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I don't mind going to church. Yes, guys, see me today. Even though you are going to eat your bread, I'm going into the church to pray because I'm fasting. And you can call me brother, whatever, 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 brother. It doesn't matter. I know I'm doing something that is right. And before you know it, we had more joining us as brothers. We could have been the trouble. And fought back and say, why are you mocking us? And then they would say, ah, look, the Christians don't want, even want to be called Christians. You know, some of us don't want to be called Christians. Say, ah, leave me alone. Like they say, you are with Jesus. You remember what they were saying to Peter? You were with him. Even your accent sounds, yeah, you're not from around. You were with, and what did Peter say? I don't even know him. In the end, he says, woman, leave me alone. We don't have to be there. We don't have to be like Peter when they were coming for Jesus. What did he, he took out his sword, cut down the ear. Hey, but Jesus is merciful. When the enemies were coming, he picks up the ear and replaces it back and says, "Peter, please say sorry." <laughs> you know I could I could just imagine the scene. How we ought to turn the relationships we have around so that there can be relationships that give glory to God. How we ought to turn the interactions we have so that they can become the blessings to people around us. God has called us to flourish in those relationships because those are the gateway to the heart of the people. I was challenged one time when I went into the Hugueveluere. You know where the Hugueveluere is? Hugueveluere. Yes. You know where it is? At least Herbert, you know where it is. Yeah, don't disappoint me, right? At least you know where it is. You know where it is? Yeah. All right, okay, good. You know where it is? <laughs> can you take this young man for a cycle? <laughs> it's gonna be a while. Yes, <laughs> take him there. You know, there is a, there is a there is a stay okay. Mm-hmm. You can organize to go and sleep there overnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Youth, where are you, By a, Raymond? Take the youth to stay okay in the Hogeveluwe, sleep over there, get a guide. And let him take you around. One of the things I learned when I was there was that, you see, the reason why a lot of Dutch people don't want to be associated with the church was because the people in the church broke down the relationships with the people outside. So when you were not part of the church, when you were sick, you couldn't get medical treatment because you were not part of the church. You needed to be registered in the church register to be treated by the doctor. And so many people in the Bible Belt don't like the church in the bible belt because the church in the bible belt had no relationship with people. And so now it's so hard for us to evangelize because when you go out some people even I remember one time someone said it is because of you the church that we have all the problems and the polarizations in the world. The guy was almost beating me in the centrum. Say hey look I I I please just take my flyer and let me go. But it comes because we have broken the relationships with the people we are supposed to minister to. We have gone into the fights with those people rather than to evangelize to them and give them the good news and give them the gospel. We have not flourished in the place of our relationships. But I pray that we will be a people that flourish in the place of our relationships. Number five, right? Can I still count? right, okay, number five. Number five is that we must flourish in the place of our work. We must flourish in the place of our work. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it with all your strength. Put your heart to it and do it. And make sure you do it well. Even when you don't like the job, but that's the job that your hand is found to do. Do it with all your might. I'm very sure Joseph did not like to be a slave. But he did it with all his might. And what happened? He was elevated to look after everything that Potiphar had. Because he did it with all his might his might. I am quite sure Joseph was not happy to be put in prison. And it was not just ordinary prison. It was the real dungeon of the prison. But in there, Joseph rose up the ranks of, as of a prisoner to be the chief prisoner, supervising other prisoners. Why? Because whatsoever he did, he did with all his might. And in the end, Joseph became the savior of his family. But whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Did I ever tell you how I got promoted after one day of work? You see, I've I've loved this scripture. I learned it when I was in 1996 or 97. That's when I learned about this scripture. And so it was 96, because I was promoted in 96. (laughs) So I went to start on a job. And on the first day, I worked 19 hours straight. And some of you are complaining that you work seven hours a day. (laughs) I worked 19 hours, first day at work, on a dirty place, opening part of a factory, where all the smelly vegetables had to be separated from the good ones. And occasionally the guy who was tipping things up on a forklift, occasionally he shook the forklift and sometimes you get all these juice falling all over your head. And I was there, young men. Some of my friends had gone into jobs where they were going in wearing a tie. And I was in a factory and I'm thinking, what on earth am I doing here? But you see sometimes you hear scripture that says whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all their might. So I worked so hard. Went through the 19 hours. By the time I knocked on the door of our house, my dad opened the door and said, tomorrow you're not going back to this place. Yeah. If it is the money you need, I'll give you the money. You're staying home. In the morning, I woke up and I said to my dad, let me go back. Yeah. So I went back. And when I got there, I said to the, market, to the managing director, said, you know what, I'm not happy. I've worked 19 hours and I've worked for something like, was $3.50 Zimbabwe dollars. That money is useless nowadays. We even had to scrap it out of history. <laughs> $3, probably something like less than three, three cents nowadays. 19 hours. <laughs> and, and, and I said, You know, I'm a young man, I've gone to school, and I'm not taking this, but I've worked hard. And so he looks at me and says, Don't quit. I I was threatening to quit because my dad had said he can give me the same (laughs) amount of money. If dad can pay me while I'm at home, go and play football and tennis and dad gives you the money. You know, when dad comes from work, we go play squash, (laughs) you know, give him a good run and he pays me. (laughs) So he says, no, don't quit, young man. I've seen the way you've worked and I'll give you a pay rise right now. From $3.50 to $5.00. It was a lot of money for a young man. It's a pity the old man has destroyed it. But then it was a lot of money. (laughs) From $3.50 to $5 after one day of work. And I've not seen that repeated everywhere else where I've worked up to now. (laughs) (laughs) But but you see what I'm saying? Whatsoever your hand finds to do. And eventually he said, young man, I'm going to take you from this place. If you stick around, I will show you how to operate this thing. And you know what? By the time of three months, I knew how to turn bolts that were hidden in the machine and in the equipment. I could run the whole setup by myself. Why? Because I was lifted from the guy driving the forklift. And I was attached to the chief engineer, a very tall South African man. And me, very short. (laughs) And he taught me how to use the spanner. And says, young man, when you put your hand on a spanner, you never drop your tool. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all thy might. When you drop your tools, your heart is not in there. So when you hold a bobjan, you hold it tight. And you never drop your spanner. Because whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. We must flourish in the place of our work. Whatever we work in, flourish. Whatever we do with our lives, flourish. Whichever way you will earn, flourish. If you're a big boss, flourish. If you're the One, doing the cleaning flourish. Flourish so that tomorrow you will be the head of the cleaners. And tomorrow you will own the cleaning company. I went to Amsterdam one day for a workshop on business. Business, businessman workshop. And there was a guy who says, when I was young, I could not really follow a lot about school. So then they said, the only job I could do was cleaning. But now I run a big cleaning company in Amsterdam. We clean all the windows and I collect the money. (laughs) Why? Because I've learned to master what I do. I know how to clean those windows, how to be in that crane. On the 15th floor, when the wind is blowing and the crane is moving, I know how to keep steady and wash the windows. Get them clean. Make sure the check comes home. You hear what I'm saying? He has learned that whatsoever his hand finds to do, he must do it with all his might. And now he is not only supervising cleaners, he owns a cleaning company. So he was just saying, this is what you can become if you can be diligent At your work. I told you already on Sunday. See a man who is diligent at his work. He will serve before kings and princes. And not before mean men. We must flourish in the place of our work. Whatever we serve. Whether we are paid or not paid for it. Whether you volunteer. You do it for free. Do it with all your might. Don't say because it's for free. I just do it anyhow and somehow. Do it diligently. Do it diligently. Had somebody who was working in, in the lab for free. And after four months of working for free, we had a PhD project. And who did we look to? Mm-hmm. The one who was doing the work for free diligently. Yeah. Because there was also another one who was doing the same stuff for free. But because they said, well, since it's for free, I can come in and go out anytime I want. Besides, it is for free. They don't pay me. But the one who had said, I'm going to do this, and when they say, please come in at 6 a.m. to start the jail running and switch it off at 10 p.m., I will do it because I need to make sure my result is good. And that's the one we saw. And we said, this one we will give. (laughs) Hear what I'm saying, people? Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it. With all thy mind. So we must flourish in the place of our work. And lastly, I will not talk too much about this one. We must flourish in the place of our finances. One day I shall talk to you about money. Because money is a defense. You know, wisdom is a defense. And money also is a defense. Huh? And we must flourish in that place. And the Bible says, the Bible says, you know, money answereth all things. Huh? But be careful because the love of money also becomes the root of all evil. But money is a defense. The Bible says there was a poor man who had a lot of wisdom. He saved a city. But after the city was saved, everybody forgot about him. Why? Because he was poor. <laughs> so this is why if Ecclesiastes chapter 7 Verse 11 says, wisdom is good with an inheritance. Did you you read what I read? Wisdom is good with a what? An inheritance. It's good when you have some substance behind your wisdom. Because wisdom without anything or if you can't turn your wisdom into substance, it is useless. You will be like that old man. You help others and you yourself will remain poor. And you will be forgotten. The Bible says they forgot him. So when the city is saved, because of his wisdom, they forgot him. Why? Because he had no inheritance of his own. There was no substance by which he could hold himself on. But we can use the wisdom that God has given us to generate an inheritance. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says a wise man or a good man lives an inheritance for his children's children. He does not live only for himself. He lives for his future generations. And so to be able to live something for your children's children, money is a defense. And so it goes on in that scripture and and says, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom, verse 12, is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is, that wisdom gives life to them that have it. And so we must have life. We must flourish in the place of our finances. And I'll leave the rest for another day. And, and so you must flourish in those areas. Flourish in the place of soul winning. Flourish in the place of your ministry or your service. Flourish in the place of your family. Of your home. Flourish in the place of your relationships. Your connections. Your associations. Flourish in the place of your work. And flourish in the place of your finances. When you go to work you shall earn something. When you labor you earn something. And and your labor must count for something. That's why you have point number six. That you must flourish in the things that you earn. Many a times. When we earn more, we spend more, and we stay in the same poor state. (laughs) You know, there are people who earn half a million euros in a year, but they are as poor as they were when they were earning 100 euros a a year. Why? Because by the time you earn half a million, you now start flying first class when you don't need to fly first class. You start wearing shoes that you don't need to wear you start living in a house that you don't need to. So what comes in immediately goes out. And so you remain the same as you were when you were earning 1,000 euro. So some of you are saying, God, give me a job. Give me promotion. Be careful that when you get a promotion, you are able to flourish with the promotion that you get. And there are few ways to flourish in the place of money. Number one is to increase your income and manage your spending. And number two, is to decrease your spending. <laughs> Only two ways. Hard concepts. You know when I learned those concepts I, I started looking at some of the things that I do and you know what sometimes it's very easy to want to enjoy the luxury so you want to move away from buying in action and start going to buy in HEMA just because you got an increase at work. But when I understood that, I realized if I can get it in action, keep going to action because it makes me be able to do the things that I also want to do. Then I can take my family to Rome on a holiday and spend a whole week there driving around as much as I want because I kept buying in action things that I could have gone and bought in Hammer. Do you understand what I'm saying, church? So sometimes my wife is laughing at me. Ah, you love action. I know what I'm doing when I'm going to action. And you can see she's laughing. People just saying, Why don't you just go buy these things in action? Why don't you just go and say, No, I know I'll go to action. It takes me a longer time to go to action because I will save twenty euro, thirty euro in going to buy that engine fluid in action than buying it in the hammer, yeah. which is closer to my house. And it's all the same stuff. <laughs> uh, I know some of you are saying, Ah, we have been prospered, we don't go to action. It's okay. But, you know, you must learn to flourish in the place of our finances. So it's either we get an increase and maintain the same spending. Then the blessing is real. Or we decrease the spending. (laughs) It's like when I realized that I used to love this coffee at the kiosk, kiosk at the train station but it costs me about €3.70 if I buy that coffee there. It tastes good. Even Starbucks, I enjoy treating myself to Starbucks. So now I've resorted that I'll go to Starbucks only with my wife, because then it's special to go and sit in a Starbucks and drink Starbucks coffee, rather than go by myself, because I look at it and think, €5 for a coffee. If I walk into the Albert Hein to go. (laughs) And you know what, at the end of the day, It all tastes just as bad. Serious, it tastes just as bad. So why should I pay $370 for something I can pay $150 and have a bad taste and be thinking I need to brush my teeth when I get to the office? It's all, so, so bad. (laughs) So I learned, reduce your spending with the same income. And I'll be saving one euro fifty every day. <laughs> you must learn to flourish in the place of your finances. Right, but, but then why don't we flourish quickly and then we pray? <laughs> Hosea chapter four, verse six. Hosea chapter four, verse six. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. You know, we reject knowledge. I know like I'm saying now, somebody's saying, Pastor, you cannot go to action. Better go to Wibra. <laughs> Zeman, it depends what you want to buy. You can be sure after you've washed it, it's, it's already changed. Huh? This, the, you know, my, 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 my jersey, this is not from Zeman. But if it, if it was from Zeman, after the first wash, this here would have been here. It's, it's just—it <laughs> happens all the time. So after I learned that when I was during my master said you don't buy clothes in Zimen because after the first wash it comes to the side, and every time you're wearing your T-shirt you have to switch it back. You know, so if you, I, I mean, so maybe it's good for exercise—just switch it back. <laughs> but, uh, but okay. <laughs> Ah, praise God. Anyway, they are mostly oversized for people as small as I am. So, <laughs> Hosea chapter 4, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So we don't flourish because we don't have knowledge. We don't flourish. I was hearing the story of Zambia. You come from Zambia and the copper mines in Zambia. How the government failed to run the copper mines in Zambia and sold them for a paltry, what, how many million euros? Sold them for a few million euros. In the first six months, it was less than 120 million euros, the copper mines of of, of Zambia. The company that took over, which had knowledge on how to mine copper and how to optimize mining, were able to pay back the 120 million to Zambia. But you know what? They didn't. Because the money you have today is more profitable for you today than it is tomorrow. Why? Because there's something called inflation. Even in the Netherlands, it's there. Even if it's 0.0 something, it's there. So the money you have today is more profitable than the money you have tomorrow. So they said, no, we have the 120 million in six months. But they didn't pay. They said, we'll pay it back to you over over 20 years or something like that. And by the time it's 20 years, that money is useless. And then after the first six months, they were now making billions. (laughs) What was the difference? The difference was know-how. You hear what I'm saying, people? Zimbabwe right now is gone. We have to declare a crisis on roads because of potholes. What's the difference? It's because of know-how. Know-how of how to run a country. Not not how to make roads. How to run a country. (laughs) You hear what I'm saying, church? It's, it's, it's the know-how that makes the difference. When I look at the Netherlands, and I look at how has the Netherlands become what it is, is because there was somebody who took time to get know-how of how to manage water. The UK is always having floods every year. Then they have the same weather pattern as the Netherlands, but we hardly get floods. What is the difference? Huh? Know-how. know-how. It's knowledge how to make a waterway and keep the floods from flooding the houses there is a knowledge that they have that the people in the uk do not have so every year liverpool gets flooded every year you know certain cities get flooded why because people have not applied knowledge my people perish for lack of knowledge and i pray that we will not perish for lack of knowledge in the name of jesus And many other places I could talk about. But let's, let's, let's leave that there. I think the point is clear. Knowledge makes a difference. And, and it says, and, and Romans chapter 8, verse 35 says, "Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. These are things that have the potential to prevent us from flourishing. These are things that can keep us from reaching the fullness of our potential. Verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than what? Conquerors through him that loved us. And verse 38 says, For I am persuaded That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we have somebody who is able to make us flourish. And tonight we are going to call to Jesus who is more than able to cause us to flourish so that the things that can hinder us from also flourishing will not have the better of us. But knowledge you must get. Amen, church. See, knowledge you must get. Jesus will save you, but knowledge you must get. Amen. Amen. You can be born again tongue-talking but not know how to spend money, so you need to get knowledge. And and you need to get knowledge how to live with your wife because you can also be tongue-talking born again and be using your wife as a punching bag. You can, you can be a thief in church because you don't know knowledge. And so we must get knowledge. I, I don't want to talk about knowledge. Get knowledge. Whatever you do, let me just... <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 says wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting get understanding let me give you 12 things that we need to understand that can be a hindrance to our flourishing number one is sin number one is sin sin is a reproach to any people and if we sin And sin is wrongdoing, sin is going against God, going against his word, going against his instruction. Sin, sin is a destroyer. Mm -hmm. Number two is fear. Fear of of success, fear of failure, fear of of people, fear of the night, and fear of, some of you sleep old as you are, you still sleep with your light on because you are afraid of the dark, it's Fear. Fear of, uh, of men or fear of women, fear of rejection and all kinds of fears. I could tell you many fears. Whatever fear it is, I command that fear to come out of you in the name of Jesus. But fear prevents people from stepping out and flourishing. When people say, do it. Say, ah, can I do it? Fear. You are hesitant because of fear. I can't face the crowd. You don't have to look at their eyes. Look on top of their heads. <laughs> but fear. Fear prevents us from rising up and becoming what we must, we must become. Prevents us from speaking when we must speak. Number three, lack of knowledge. I've already talked about that, so I'll not talk about it again. But knowledge is, is something we must get. Knowledge is a principal thing. Number four is curses generational curses, tribal curses, home curses, and the town curses, and city curses, and national curses, you know, a curse is a curse, and, and a curse is something that binds people into a certain pattern that is destructive, that's what a curse is, a curse is something that determ- seems to always determine a course of action which is detrimental to progress, an action that doesn't get you moving forward. So, so for example, for example, that l- like the story I told you that at a certain moment, members of this family, of, this, of my friend's father in law's family, just got mad. They all grow up normal, and at some point, everybody just gets mad because there's a curse in the family. And, and you're often driven by spiritual forces of darkness, and, and, or, or people just fail praying with, uh, with a sister, she's now written a book called The Dream That Was Worth Fighting For and she t- narrates her story and, and in her story, one of the things that, that, happened, that, that happened was that when she was about to write exams, she just collapsed and couldn't write exams. Several occasions, couldn't write any exams because there was something that was over her that just says, this one shall not progress. So she had to fight through get delivered and I remember many times we prayed with her and we were praying with her so when she was writing her book she says I want you to read my book and please autograph it for me why because you were part of my story and I thought wow <coughs> but you know there's a curse that just keeps you from progressing just keeps you from flourishing and 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 sometimes it's it's a curse that you know people just lose you just lose a job I've had people say, I just lose the jobs Getting a job is not the problem, pastor. It's keeping it. I say, but what do you do? He says, I do nothing. I, even the people don't understand why they are firing me, but I'm fired. <laughs> because there's a curse. Uh, or there's just divorce that runs in a family. Uh, like and I realize something that was in my family. All my uncles have a child with another woman whom they are not married to. Because there's a curse that's running in. And so when they are supposed to progress, there's a hindrance to their progress because they have to take care of the other child. Because there's always a fight between Sarah and Haga. (laughs) 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 Ah. And and, and number three is failure to discern. Failure to discern or failure to have lack of insight into things. Bad judgment, if you want to call it. Failure to discern. Failure to, to see things the way they should be seen. Failure to discern. And, and, and you know, like Esau. Esau, you know, the Esau is the, the twin brother of? of Jacob. He failed to discern the importance of a birthright. And so when his brother was saying, you know, give me your birthright. What did he do? He said, come on, I'm hungry. (laughs) He failed to discern the gravity of what his young brother was asking for. And he thought his young brother was just playing games. But his young brother was not. Because on the moment his young brother got the chance, he took it. You know, it's not that Isaac was so blind and, and could not pick it. But it was because in the moment where it was supposed to have been discerned, it was not discerned. So failure to discern is something that causes us not to flourish. Number, th- number six is bad associations. And I've already told you about associations on Sunday. Number seven is worldly amusements. It's worldly amusements. You see, the things that entertain us today are so much that they can prevent us from making progress. If you want to go backwards, spend all your time watching TV, you will for sure go backwards watch all the series bold and beautiful good and bad ugly the days of our lives and what are they what do you watch nowadays come on tell me <laughs> uh, you don't want to tell me uh, lost and uh, found huh f- uh, what is it called we forgot it already uh, we forgot it or you don't watch anymore <laughs> <laughs> you have g- g- yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know so uh, W- and and then you watch all the football in the world that you can watch huh so the other day my wife was was, was laughing at me because she says, why are you watching football oh, you seem to be watching a lot of football nowadays and say so it's no it's not so much I'm watching football it's because I'm doing many other things the tv is on but I'm doing many other things while it's on but you know what it's so easy to have a cycle of football i was i was saying to my wife one day i wonder some people that I've, I'm in a group of men. And some of the guys, they will tell you everything that happened in every football match. <laughs> and they will tell you what happens in the Spanish league, in the English league, in the Dutch league, in the Zimbabwe league. And I'm thinking, <laughs> how did they have the time to watch all these matches and follow them almost on time? When do they get time to be with their wives, with their children, or even with themselves to eat? No. But you know what? Sometimes the entertainments around us can captivate us so much. Like Facebook. Now Facebook has videos that play. If you don't control them, you know, you could be watching videos all (laughs) one hour. Watching videos that just pop up and start playing. Why? Because the world drives on entertainment and amusement. And it takes away your precious time that you're supposed to be using for the things that you need to progress. And then suddenly it is, oh, I haven't done assignment. What were you doing? You were doing entertainment. And now it's entertainment by default. When I was growing up, it took an effort to have some of these entertainments. And sometimes, even when you wanted to switch on the TV, the signal was not working. So you needed to wait for Dad to come back from work to tune the uh, the signal up on the roof before you could watch the TV. Nowadays, my kids just come say, "Papa, Wi-Fi is not working," and then they switch it to the neighbor's Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know. And Zigo has come up with with hotspot everywhere. So as long as you're a Zigo customer, wherever I go, there's Wi-Fi. So it doesn't matter. My Wi Fi never trips because as long as I'm connected to Zigo, I'm connected everywhere. So entertainment is always there. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? We need to be careful about the things around us because they steal our time, precious time that we ought to be flourishing. And, nu- and number, number eight is persecution. Persecution. Sometimes we can be persecuted, but you know what? The Bible says persecuted but not destroyed. Cast down but not destroyed. You know, at wits end, but I mean perplexed, but never at wits end. We are never finished. So, whatever, whether they persecute you, these things shall not separate you from the love of God. Amen. That's why I read for you Romans chapter 8. None of these things can separate you from the place of your flourishing. And I need you to remember that I said your flourishing is going to be seen when you are in a dry place. And number number 10, no, number nine. Past circumstances or failures of the past. Past circumstances. The things you've been through. You know, sometimes you think, "Ah, I was married before and I got divorced. I can't get married again. They will divorce me again. And then you don't step up. Ah, the brother was almost... And then he left. I can't get into another relationship. I know somebody said, Pastor, you don't know how many sisters I've tried. Oh, all of them keep rejecting. And now... I am even afraid to talk to the next one. And to say, "No, bro, (laughs) go and talk to the next one. Go." And and this this time, we will pray together. Let's kneel down even if we must. But you must rise up and go. But you see, it's the circumstances of the past that have shaped him. I know somebody says, "I'm not going to drive again because I've been involved in an accident." I'm not going to get in a car by myself and drive because I've been involved in an accident. And I'm thinking, no, you need to rise up from the past circumstances. You need to rise up. And sometimes it's abuse and hurt that is deep inside. That even when we get, we can't love ourselves enough to be able to open up and live our dreams. Have you seen people that usually abuse alcohol and cigarettes are people who say, I've already been abused, so what does it matter? But past circumstances shall not get the better of you in the name of Jesus. And, and number 10, 11, number 10, and then I give you the last two. Number 10 is the inconsistencies or failures of others. You see, sometimes you, lo- you look up to people and people disappoint you. Who has ever been disappointed by a pastor? I have. Very powerful teacher of the word of God. And then he commits adultery. And then, but but pastor. Huh? With all the things you were teaching, how? And then you go to his uh, to you go and see his wife and you look at his wife and say, "But but mommy, I mean, you, you look so beautiful, more beautiful than the other woman. Why would pastor leave you to go to that woman? But you know, men disappoint. People can disappoint you. I used the pastor because it's very disappointing. You expect him to live on the high moral ground. We even had people who have stolen money in the church. One time I had to go and pray to say, Father, what are you trying to teach me? That I must, I seem to have all these men around. Now I know how easy it is for pastors to be vulnerable and to fall. Mm-hmm. And when I had to deal with one myself who had done that as a senior pastor, I understood because I've been in a place where I'm saying, But God, how can my pastor be doing that? Mm. And I've and, and been disappointed by people where you entrust yours yourself. You help somebody. And you, you, know, and then people just, after they are well, they disappear. And those things cause you to say, well, I will not do it again. If I can give all my time and all this money to help this person, and this is what I get, why should I do it for the next one? And you know, when you leave that one, soon again somebody knocks and says, Pastor, help me. And you're thinking, should I help after I've... And those things kill our ability to flourish or to minister to others. Or sometimes you've seen how others have failed and then you say, well, I will not go that path. I've seen many people said, I'm not going to join, going to ministry because I've seen how many people in ministry, their children don't serve God, they have trouble and they act like hypocrites, so I don't want to be a minister in the house of God. Why? Because they've looked at other people's failures. And because of that, they failed to step out into the place of their own. Number 11 is selfishness. Watch out for selfishness. Whatever God blesses you, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. It's for others. God is only positioning you and blessing you for others. He's, he's, he's put Joseph in the, in the house of, of Potiphar to save Potiphar's marriage. I love that when i got to understand that. You see, Potiphar's marriage, <laughs> Joseph went to jail to save Potiphar's marriage. Do you understand that? Mrs. Potiphar was terrible. And, and Joseph could have, could have just fallen with Mrs. Potiphar. But I'm quite sure after that incident, Mr. Potiphar realized his needs to be closer to his wife. To manage all the young boys that might be making a pass on his wife. I'm quite sure. (laughs) But Joseph had to go to prison for that. Joseph had to go all the way to Egypt. So that later on he could save the nation of Israel. When there was famine. Wherever God has placed you. He's placed you to be a blessing. So don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. And number 12 is environment environment. We must flourish when it is good, we must flourish when it is not so good, but environment makes a difference. And this is why we were praying about the Netherlands and the environment of the Netherlands. And I'm just going to give you one scripture and then we stand up to pray. Jeremiah 29 verse 7, it says, and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captives and pray unto the Lord for it. This was a time when these people were in a tough, hard place and God comes and says, seek the peace of that place, or for that place and pray unto the Lord for it. Pray unto your God for the place where I've carried you into. In the midst of your dry place, pray so that that place can be having peace. And in the peace of the city, you also shall have peace. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 7. And so, irregardless of all these things, I love what what Paul says. He says, I am persuaded. Romans chapter 8 verse 38. That neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Neither height nor depth nor any tra- creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I want to end on this Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 as we stand. Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God. Thanks be to God, who does what? Who causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the Savior of His knowledge by us in every place. The savour, rather, the savour of his knowledge, the savour of his knowledge. He makes the savour of his knowledge by us in every place but thanks be to God who causes us to triumph I want us to stand right now and we're going to make some prayers I want you to make some serious prayers about flourishing in the name of Jesus and, 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 and I, have, I have a number of prayers that, uh, that I, I need us to pray and I want you to pray as militant as you can in the next, in the next few minutes and then I will pray for whosoever needs to be prayed for but you must pray to Jesus who causes us to triumph in Christ. Amen. Number one, are you ready to pray? Number one prayer is I want you to pray and say, Father, thank you for, the su- for success in my life, in my ministry, in my career, in everything that I do. Say, Father, thank you for success. Just thank Him for success because you will succeed. Thank you Lord that I will flourish in my life. I will f- flourish in my ministry. I will flourish oh God in my career, my studies, my business, my home. Lord Father thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus uh, that I will flourish oh God in the name of jesus father thank you O god my lord thank you lord god almighty in the name of jesus i want you to pray after me and say father Father. come on say "Father." father let my success let my flourishing serve your will and bring glory to you and to establish the work of your house in the name of Jesus go ahead and pray let let your flourishing establish the work of God's house let it bring glory to the Lord say Father let me bring glory to you in the name of the Lord Jesus oh God let me bring glory to you oh God oh God pray for yourself you must bring glory to the Lord pray for yourself pray for yourself you must bring glory to the Lord from this day forward my God I pray that Jehovah my life will bring glory to you oh God that Jesus it will bring honor to you that Lord my flourishing will serve your will my success will be for your glory in the name of Jesus Jesus, O oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Say, Father, teach me your way and the way to flourish and help me to walk in it help me to walk in it in the name of jesus go ahead and make that prayer oh god will show you the way that you must go he will show you give you an understanding of your calling your purpose and the way that you must flourish in the place where you must flourish god will lead you to it in the mighty name of jesus you will flourish you will flourish you will flourish father teach me to flourish teach me oh God to prosper teach me the way of success in the name of Jesus uh. teach me the way of success oh Lord and help me to walk in it help me to walk in it oh God my Lord show me the way like you showed Moses and Moses walked with you and you called him your friend I pray that God Jehovah you will show me also the way my God that I must go my God Show me the way that I must go, Jehovah, in order to flourish, in order to get the increase, oh God, and to be a blessing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, O oh God in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Are you ready to pray some militant prayers right now? I need you to just take authority right now and say, Father, Father. let not the devil hijack my success. Let him not take over my progress. Let him not destroy my, my success. In the name of Jesus, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, uh, against the spiritual forces of wickedness, uh, against the forces of darkness. Uh, Oh God, uh, they will not hijack my success, Uh, they will not hijack my progress, Uh, they will not hijack my plans. Uh, In the name of Jesus, uh, I come against, oh God, every agent of the devil. David says that my enemies shall lick the dust. I pray God that wherever they lie in wait for me in the wilderness, they will not hijack me in the name of Jesus. But God, they will lick the dust. Oh God, my Lord, and not get the better of me in the name of Jesus. re. In the name of Jesus, if you know any area of your life uh, that the devil has been messing around, uh, I want you to tell him tonight uh, to say in the name of Jesus, uh, devil I command you to lose your hold. Uh, I command you to lay your hands off my property, lay your hands off my things, Uh, lay your hands off my life. Uh, In the name of Jesus, uh, whatever the devil uh, has been working on your life uh, and causing havoc in your life, uh, I want you to Say Tonight, uh, in the name of Jesus, devil, you have no right, uh, you have no power. I command you to go, uh, I command you to lose your hold uh, in the name of Jesus. Mendelebosha Rika Bobobosataka Reba ba 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 zekata robo shekete ria mananda rabo sheka mananderebos indelebeko sondolorobo shekalaraba sanderebeca. Everything that has been destroying. My Patha, everything that has been causing me to go round uh, in circles, uh, I reject tonight. Uh, I reject tonight uh, in the name of Jesus. Oh Take authority. Take authority. Take authority. Take authority in the name of Jesus. Uh, take authority. Take authority every agent uh, that has been sent to destroy the progress of your life, uh, every agent that has been sent, uh, Oh God today I reject, uh, I refuse uh, in the name of Jesus pralobobo I declare that I will flourish I declare that I will make progress, I declare that I will move forward, I declare that I will rise uh, and go higher I declare in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus my family shall make progress my family shall have peace my family shall have joy we shall flourish in the name of Jesus every attempt by the enemy to destroy us I scatter I scatter in the name of Jesus Oh Psalm 68 let God arise and let his enemies be scattered oh God arise and let the enemies be scattered in the name of Jesus every enemy that causes a hindrance uh, to my progress. Uh, every hindrance to my progress. Uh, every hindrance to my progress. Uh, I command you to scatter in the name of Jesus. Oh, spirits that are bringing curse in my life. Uh, spirits that are bringing fear in my life. I command you to go. Spirits that are causing curses uh, that Causing all kinds of uh, cases uh, in my home, uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, my God, you say, Lord, no weapon. Formed against me shall prosper. Isaiah 54, verse 17. I pray God today and I condemn everywhere that rises in judgment against me in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Mukabo Rekata Laboshe. Inderebo se ketebosha kamanananda rabo se kete televos. Second chronic Corinthians chapter ten, verse four. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, uh, every stronghold against my life, uh, every stronghold against my life, uh, every thought against my life, uh, every thought, uh, every ordinance against my life, uh, I cast it down uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Our weapons are mighty through God uh, to the casting down of imaginations uh, and every high thing uh, that is exalting itself uh, above the knowledge of God. Uh, Devil, I command you and your agents uh, and your, di- your desire. And your thoughts and your imaginations, I cast you down in the name of Jesus. You have no right over the word of God over my life that says the righteous shall flourish and they shall know abundance of peace. Psalm 72. In the name of Jesus, Makarebo Shekete. In the name of Jesus, Psalm 92. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. I will flourish like a palm tree in the name of Jesus. And I will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I want you to pray again and say, Father, let not failure hinder me. Let failure have no part in my life. Remove shame. Remove sorrow. you see, sometimes we are hindered by shame and we are hindered by failure, but failure shall not have the better of you. So pray and say, Father, remove it in the name of Jesus. Oh, the Bible says, Though I fall, I shall rise again. Do not rejoice over me, oh my enemy. They may have fallen, but I shall rise again. Failure shall not hinder me from flourishing. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Jehovah my God, I pray. Makale de Nende Larabaka. Rebaba Baba 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 Baga Sande Lebo Kosoto maha. Rekanda la bashakaba babasa. Rekenda la bashakande le bekese. Rika mando robos shekete le bababa. Rika in the name of the Lord Jesus my God I pray remove shame remove sorrow remove shame remove sorrow in the name of Jesus pain shall not prevent me from moving forward yesterday's sorrow shall not prevent me from moving forward in the name of the Lord Jesus every strategy of the devil to bring shame on my life and to bring failure of my life. I reject, I reject it tonight. I reject it tonight. I reject it tonight. I reject it tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, any 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 plan of the devil, any plan of the evil one, any oh, demon on assignment to cause pain uh, and to cause sorrow that will hinder me from moving forward. Uh, I reject tonight uh, in the name of Jesus uh, and I pray God uh, cause me to rise like an eagle. Cause me to rise like an eagle upon wings. Uh, Isaiah 40 verse 30 in the name of Jesus uh, and 31 my God I pray let me show up almighty father let me run oh God uh, and not grow weary and let me walk my Lord my God God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, until, O oh God, I reach my destiny from the sea to the sea, my Lord, from the river to the end of the earth, as long as the moon endures, I pray, God, that Jehovah, I will know abundance of peace and I will flourish in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. I want you to pray and say, Father, connect me connect me to my destiny helpers lead me god to people that will lift me up in the name of jesus come on pray for yourself for your destiny helpers destiny helpers must come to you As you will be a blessing to others Uh, Tonight you are going to pray To say Father connect me with my destiny helpers In the name of the Lord Jesus In the name of Jesus Connect me oh God Connect me heavenly Father Connect me heavenly Lord In the name of Jesus Connect me heavenly Father in the name of jesus lord in the name of jesus in the name of jesus connect me heavenly father with my destiny helpers connect me lord in jesus name we pray i want you to pray and say father position me for my blessing Position me for my blessing. Position me for my blessing. Oh, you need to pray now. Just pray. God is going to be putting you in the position for you to receive your blessing or for you to be a blessing he will position you father position me for the blessing position me for the blessing position me for the blessing in the mighty name of the lord jesus O oh god position me O oh god for my blessing in the mighty name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God Makala Rata Baba Saka, Mando my God, position me. Mm, 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 mm. Erebo Sanda Catana Masandelebeco Sataka, Nerebo Nanda Casaca Mamanande Reves, Indarabasaca Mananda Rabasoko maraba Marabalanderebo Sakata, in the name of Jesus, Aracatemonondorobo rakate monondo God oh God M. 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 Can we have the keyboard? Can you come and play the keyboard? And I just want to pray while we are praying. While you are praying for yourself. If anybody says, Pastor, pray for me. Oh, God. I believe some people need to